maybe it seems a bit obsessive, I'm always concerned about the state of my body. Feeling getting older, aches and pains, right? So you're doing choiceless awareness, that is aware of whatever arises, whatever happens, noticing, that means noticing the reactions, responses to whatever comes up, and presumably acknowledging it and getting it past. Concern is there's something I'm missing out, I might be deluding myself, not dealing with important topics. Right, there's concern about intensity and intense meditation using qualities of goodwill and compassion and uh, is it too easy? Uh, are you missing something? Is it intense enough that? <laughs> what degree of awareness is necessary or tuning into awareness or reference to that awareness is required to facilitate letting go of that which you sense needs to be let go of, yeah? Mm. All good questions. I wish I knew the answer. <laughs> <laughs> the nature of chitta. It's, uh, it's all good stuff. Every question sincerely asked is, is meaningful and useful. And, uh, you know, maybe the answer will arise, or perhaps in the retreat, as I talk, it might drop into place. Uh, but we'll see what we can do with that one. Nature of jitter, what is it, what isn't it? So, specific qualities and benefits of each of the four main postures, yeah? with the four elements, four postures, four elements. How can you know about abandonment, what, how the process is going? Yeah, so you even grab, I have abandoned something, and you've grabbed it again. <laughs> so that's, a, that's one indication, the I am sense is, is the thing that grabs. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, upadana, clinging, grasping, grabbing, seizing, adopting, owning, possessing, claiming, uh, pushing away, refuting, denying, all those are forms of, of where the I am sense. I am not with that. I'm away from that. It's other than me. It's a, it's a kind of negative grabbing, if you see what it means. It means I am other than that. So really I'm grabbing me. So you're not fully attending to an emotion, even though you half sense it was there, but you didn't really get it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well. Okay, thank you for that. Um, I think I'll just start with the seemingly academic question because it's actually, even though it's abstract, it actually covers everything. <laughs> um, you know, it's a simple answer to, to all the questions one has to know one's jitta and, and study it because this is where you get your learning from. You have to know or knowledge, knowing has to arise as to when the jitta is grasping, uh, when it's pushing too hard, this is intensity, um, uh, when uh, there's a sense of uh, something am I not dealing with, you know, some suspicion or doubt, uncertainty, 
Peter has to be knowing, knowing awareness. Um, now, we might say every direct experience, including the direct experience of a thought, that happens to chitta. Anything that's immaterial happens to chitta. So you have two um, body and chitta. The chitta is actually the bigger one because uh, we really receive the body through the chitta. We are aware of the feeling of the body through that chitta. So, in a way, chitta covers everything. Mm-hmm. And so, because of this, it's rather difficult to get a word for it. Uh, so, no, people say mind. People tend to have a. Generally, the word mind is a somewhat smaller notion than chitta. It's more conscious, it's more thoughtful, it's more able to organize material, it's, it's our organizational capacity. That's part of what chitta can bring around. It has a particular organ called mano that does that. So you're, I don't you know this. But jitta is the, where every experience lands. And there's some sort of, what was that? Even it's just, what was that? That's jitta. <laughs> don't quite know what it is, but you know, something's happening. Not very clear about it. That's jitta. Um, the Buddha, one of his beautiful, cryptic, condensed, um, Presentation says everything, all dhammas, so dhammas are what we say jitta experiences dhammas, converge on feeling. So whatever the feeling point is where it touches the jitta. Jitta. Feeling may not be very strong. Feeling, when we look at feeling, Vedana, just the, can be the subtle flickering of agreeable to less than agreeable back to agreeable so could be better but rather pleasant you know it could be intellectual sensual emotional and to do even with the qualities of our intentions our intentions this is a nice thing to bear in mind our intentions also are accompanied by feeling so uh, this is what makes it's possible to really enjoy doing good because good intentions have a pleasant, agreeable feeling. It's not quite the same firework hit as sense pleasure, but it's long lasting and it doesn't have side effects. So every intention arises from chitta. So, really, what arises from chitta, the rising up, and you may notice something jumping up. Rearing up, peeking up, looking around, rushing out, that's, that's volition. Chetana. Chetana is the activation of the chitta. And so this is, you can really write down at the beginning of the world. So most people have not that level. And what lands on the chitta is feeling and something else, which was immediate first formulation, is the experience of it's called perception. 
Oh, that's a bird. Oh, that's that's fine. Oh, it's just some people doing some construction work. No. Recognition. Replace it. There's some disturbance. Pleasant or unpleasant is a placing of that. Sanya. And then, of course, the whole proliferation begins. It shouldn't be this way. What are they doing over there? This is supposed to be this. After all, this is a retreat. You know, this kind of thing. Which is the jitter's inability to just, uh huh. You know, that volition arises and just, okay, noted and. So the most fundamental property of jitta is, is awareness. And here we go with a word. Yeah, what's that? So, you know, and the closer you get to the heart of the jitta through these complexities, the closer you get to really beginning to sense the difference between a feeling, uh, a memory, uh, a good idea, a uh, sense of cognitive clarity, and awareness. The closer you get to come through the feeling sense, so you look in the Satipatthana, it's body, feeling, then that which affects the chitta. And what how the chitta is experienced is contracted or open or spacious or whatever. And then the process of the um, dhammas is presented. The closer so we take that avenue through feeling in order to get close up to what chitta. Yeah. In as least storylines as possible. How is this thing bothering me? How am I enjoying this? All this thinking about is related to this particular feeling. And you get close to that because there, there's the possibility of recognizing there can be an awareness of the feeling. Because feeling is the fundamental thing that gets us going. So if if at the moment with that feeling of uh, not like, there can be, this is called not liking, there can be that shift into awareness of that. And that's uh, the fundamental property of chitta is awareness, but the fundamental activity of chitta is chitana. And these chitanas can be uh, accompanied by skillful chitanas, unskillful chitanas, is affected by delusion, just completely missing the point of feeding off somewhere. Um, so, how much awareness do you need? Well, how do you know you're aware, not just thinking, remembering? Yeah. Well, uh, because you 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 experience yourself being affected. Yeah. Experience itself being affected. So it's not, in my opinion, in the way I interpret it, in the way I interpret things, it's my issue. Observation is inadequate from my way of experiencing observation. It gives me, I tend to not really get the feeling. Uh, and it's sort of a bit safer back there. And I don't, I wouldn't rule it out because it, some things are just difficult to feel. So you just, uh, you look at it, wait a minute, you don't want to get too close to that one yet, fine, observe it, step back. You know. But 
you know, what most helpful, that, that quality of awareness is a, an awareness that is really dependent upon withdrawal. Now, withdrawal is a necessary function. The next stage, so we're talking about how do you do, what's the stages of letting go, the development of letting go. The first thing is we acknowledge, we recognize we're, we're affected, something's affected, there's a, uh-huh. So you want to get close, so this is where the body is useful, because the body feeling it doesn't have other stuff happening, you know, it feels, and it feels uncomfortable. <laughs> but the body doesn't proliferate with, it shouldn't, I don't want, it's his fault, why am I like this, it's just feeling pain. Feeling aroused, feeling slightly edgy, feeling tense, and you want to get into that so that you can, the, the mind, your chitta becomes able to sense even fairly subtle levels of bodily feeling because you want to study feeling, and the first thing you study is body feeling because there's less um, narrative with it, less I am about it. And through that, you become more familiar with the ability to first of all get it in perspective, which is what Vivek is about. And then the second abandonment is dispassion. Feels like this. Okay. Feeling is a feeling. Um, when you come into the body, is a feeling in the body or in the mind? Now, it's generally going to be in both. But, um, we feel that we experience bodily pain, we, we also experience a mental, oh, 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 what can I, there's the mental pain. And the mental pain always trumps physical pain. So you can, if you're, you know, you realize athletes can run with their feet in shreds because they're really getting a lot of enjoyment out of their sport, you know, people can do things that are uncomfortable because their jitters are really happy or excited or passionate. Um, and again, you can feel physically reasonably okay, but still mental feeling makes you feel miserable. The mental feeling always will overcome um, Trump's physical feeling. This is why with a trained jitter it's possible to peacefully abide with physical discomfort. But having said that, it takes quite a bit of development to get there. And one is advised to take find one's measure with physical discomfort. As it said, there are the four postures, standing, walking, reclining. So certainly the Buddhists would just sit there and you know, let everything fall apart, no matter what. No, you sit and take a reasonable amount of building up a little more tolerance, a little more ease, and then it's time to walk. You've reached the limit where, actually, you're not processing, you're just stuck in the activity. Whether it should be that way, is that way. You're not, you're not able to release anything, because there isn't a withdrawal, there isn't a dispassion. <laughs> what is bothered? Then, okay, you've got to come to terms with it on the human level, do some walking, uh, standing, reclining. Now, reclining meditation isn't generally taught. 
partly because we're often in large groups in shrine rooms where um, you know reclining either feels disrespectful or doesn't feel safe. You don't want to lie down in a room with sixty other people you don't know. You might feel uncomfortable. But we do recline. I'm sure you recline at night. <laughs> you do do it. So you better learning to do it with sati, with mindfulness. And there are different um, um, qualities that the postures give. So sitting is the upright position has got gathering of energy, gathering of energy just by sitting upright without doing anything other than just holding the body up, energy will gather. That's what it does, because you're not burning it up, but the upright position and the breathing naturally accumulates and gathers energy. Now this is, is that way, and again, this is where we get to intensity. Too, you know, where it's actually the too much energy, and we're trying to put that energy through too narrow points, and you start to blow fuses. Hence, your wife having strange mental experiences. You know, if you put too much energy, so if there's a lot of this sit, 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 maximum determination, sit, don't move, sit, maximum determination, sit, sit here for an hour or two hours, you say the word maximum determination, you know what's going to happen. It's not going to be, well, take your time, it means full on, right? Well, that's an intensification. And then you're saying full on, this point, this point, you say maximum high focus, maximum intensity, maximum energy. It's like you're putting, you see what happens when they, you know, you see a dam, you see a river, or you see, uh, and it, it's being channeled through a conduit. That water's coming out, you know, hundred times faster than it would if it was just running down a curvy river. Yeah? And that's what happens. And, you know, it, for some people it can work. <laughs> but for some, for many people, it kind of feels good because you're really getting going, you know. In intense energy, energy is attractive. It, it, it gives you feel empowered, vigorous, rich, abundant, fully juiced up. Yeah. So it's an attractive feature. And, you know, we can get hypnotized by that thing and really want a full on, you know, something that wants that full on quality. Then I feel I'm really with it, you know. But then, bomb, blow a fuse somewhere. You know, something goes out emotionally or psychologically or even, you know. I've had people seize up, you know, to, <coughs> to take them out and, you know, bend them. <laughs> they just see stuff with determined to concentrate. Yeah? Not everybody, one or two. And that, so this is a, a thing that can happen, doesn't always happen, but can happen. But mainly, you know, it does or doesn't, the important thing is to, in my mind, is to recognize, yeah, there is intensity. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's energy. Uh-huh. Yes, there's sitting. Uh-huh. That, that's part of it. can be part of it, but it, it's only part of it. What's it like with no energy lying down? You can't really get intensity lying down. Doing what? I'm not doing anything. I'm not practicing. Well, you know, you might even fall asleep. But you can cultivate reclining 
and the, the, it's a lower energy state that's its nature uh, the muscles are relaxed is that nature so we have to be kind of quite a composed formal way either on the side with one leg resting on the other or on the back it is quite straight at the arm, hands resting on the belly natural position head flat and that you know then you can be a bit intense if you because <laughs> you need to you know lift the energy by itself then it is low that state but there's things there's qualities you can contemplate in that in that low energy state there's less doing there's less me about it it's more we might say subconscious senses intuitions of safety or warmth or the absence of them uh, the body's experienced in a different way you can get to know the territory uh, you know, and it's useful because then also if you, if you find you're sleeping it's going to be easier because you can put things to rest in there. walking is a little more dynamic we get the experience of walking through or walking through things you know things are moving there's something pleasant about the fluidity of it because when we sit we can feel stuck locked you know constantly you know walking changes that paradigm so uh, so we feel a little more free and loose but still composed so we can we can use that for meditation now ideally you want to get in standing as we describe in standing is really good for balance against the sense of balance and very simple meditation based its location the sense of balance sorry the inner inner sense of balance and also what's around me is, is okay so you get very simple location locational sense the body does by itself and the inner the sense of balance the body does by itself it's involuntary um, so they'll have their 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 um, benefits and their what they do and so ideally you look you try to touch in with all of them because you do stand you do sit you do walk you do recline and there are these different facets to them. So, um, in terms again, going back to letting letting go, so the, the sequence is Viveka, Viraga, Niroda, Vosaga. So this means Viveka is the withdrawal, means we are, we would say withdrawal in order to get something in perspective. It doesn't mean withdrawal right, like that, it just means you know, rather than just being in, we're now with. So it's a slight change of focus. Dispassion, it's okay. I mean, I'm not going to get put more into it. I'm not going to get involved with it. Yeah? And that itself takes something. So it's not, again, because we dispassion is not indifference. You, you sense all that. You can also sense the reaction to put something in on a reactive level and you refrain from that that itself is a development because unless we do honestly feel the sense of you know 
the withdrawal, the safe place, the awareness, we're going to, we will, the chitta will keep putting things in. Even if what it puts in is, you know, <laughs> pushing away, blocking, or not taking an interest, it's still input. Yeah? This is the delusion. Um, so, the, the quality of dispassion comes when the sense of what we're withdrawn into is experienced as I'm aware, my mind is established, it's unified. Mm -hmm. Then, there isn't a reaction to put things in. This leads to the third, which is Niroda. Definitely stop. There's stop. And what one begins to realize with this fashion is actually like the our moods and our mind states are like a spinning wheel. And every time you put some input, you kick it. So it spins a bit more. Even if you try and kick it the other way, it's still spinning. Kick it back, it spins. The more you keep kicking it, it spins. Yeah. And with this fashion, you don't kick it, it sort of spins and slows down. And oh, look at that. Oh, where did that go? You know? Niroda. You don't kick it, don't have input. So, but that requires, again, strong sense of establishment in, in awareness. Yeah? Um, then, both as the not the ceasing of input and the ceasing of the movement of turbulence. Osaga, recognizing this state has arisen because of particular supportive conditions. It's not mine. It's not, I haven't got somewhere, I haven't attained anything, I haven't become enlightened. It's just that. Yeah? Difficult to put in words, but that's, that's the trajectory. And essentially, um, you know, once, once one gets the, the flavor of it, the feeling for it, and become more aware of the nature of chitta, what it actually is, in its, in its rest state as awareness, and its active state as some kind of emotional input, or emotional agitation, yeah, then you know, what kind of chitana, volitional qualities, how much is needed, and what, to just help to settle things enough to be able to withdraw without indifference. How much intensity? Ah, be careful. Can't just run on one gear. There may be times when you just really want to, uh, but hopefully that's uh, uh, a minority of occasions. When you look in the suttas, there's a tremendous range, and this, uh, you know, uh, essentially. Main pro beginning process is to access the chitta rather than the thinking mind to access the chitta, the mood, the feeling, and make it comfortable. So this is where the immeasurables or the Brahma Vihara are very helpful. 
in freeing the mind from the obstructions of any kind of negativity or indifference. So, one's feet, one is in uncertainty where one's feet, one's, one's dispassion is indifference, because we don't quite know, then start to reflect on the suffering of other beings. You feel indifferent to it. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't mean you've got to do something, but one can feel the sense of the poignance. Oh, it is so, you know, beings are in trouble. And one is, Buddha taught from compassion. He didn't think, it, you know, he taught from that way. Empathy. He wasn't indifferent to the empty formations of the world. Being suffer. So, this is a way to check out whether one, um, his Brahmavihara is a useful checking out to counteract what the kind of near enemies of, uh, of, um, of Brahmavihara of these upper manas, the measureless. Uh, one of them is just a sense of indifference. Uh, it seems like I'm just really equanimous, but you're not, you're indifferent. You're indifferent. Um, so what's the limitation of the Brahmavihara? And the lim- what's choiceless awareness? Well, are we just gliding along? Stuff happens, the rise of parties. Uh, yeah. Am I missing the point? Am I not deeply enough? What about samadhi? What about jhana? What about, yeah? you know, you look at these things, hmm, did the Buddha teach choiceless awareness? What's that mean? Yeah. Um, thought awareness of chitta, and I would say that's probably as close as you're going to get in the suttas. Uh, I think, by and large, it, it's often like an antidote to the uh, intensity phenomenon and the object holding phenomenon, where people get very obsessive about holding an object and rationally scrutinizing it. So it helps to just loosen that to come back into a choiceless awareness where you're not really selecting objects or trying to maintain one pointedness on an object. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. Uh, unification of jitta is a requirement. Unification can occur in terms of metta, in terms of breathing, in terms of awareness. Once jitta is unified in that. And I think with, with the choices in awareness, you want to really uh, make sure that you fully comprehend, see or note the fading of things, the ending of things, the arising of phenomena, the quality of the reactions that occur, and you're, you're aware of all that. It can be that one is aware of the fading, not the arising, or the reaction and not the ending, or you don't notice the reaction. Yeah. So it, it, it is actually quite a, 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 a careful practice that can, can undertake with it. If anything is missed out in it, 
I would suggest that the sense of uh, warm-heartedness and feeling a pleasant, having a pleasant, agreeable basis, you know, the body feels comfortable, I feel a little bit more relaxed, that may be missing, so that may be something one needs to attend to. So I've tried to, I don't want to go on any longer, I've tried to sketch, cover some of those topics. Uh, Can you come back to me as to um, what I didn't manage to cover or anything else that uh, connects to what you said or connects to your practice, we we have the time to do so. So just uh, just to mention from another point of view, um, aging is is itself is a practice. Responding to aging without feeling inadequate because your body isn't strong, energy is not strong, your body is starting to wear out, and you know you've got one can have these great ideas of, and yet. The system can't do that, uh, and so it's cruel to base one's standards upon health, vitality, <laughs> you know, painlessness or ability to endure pain. The most important thing is one is aware, responsive, clear, mindful, kindly, and you find the measure within that. The other point I didn't touch on was the elements, and uh, I've briefly mentioned these. This is another helpful way of being in the body, uh, and it's helpful because you can actually do it internally and externally, your own body and the bodies of others, even other, you know, phenomena like plants, and sun, and water. You, know, you can contemplate these elements externally as part of nature. And it helps to reduce the proliferation of the mind onto details of one's own body or other people's bodies. So whatever occupies a space has the ability to occupy a space and present form, we call that earth element. Anything that, when your eye hits, oh, that's that. When you, so it's, so these elements are not just visual, they're also a tactile sense. You feel naturally the kind of sense of the substantiality of the body you can abide in that experience because it's actually some pieces are really hard some pieces are quite tough some pieces are relatively soft some places are very soft so we notice within but they're all earth element so by scanning and being able to sense that then one is less identified with as an arm this is a knee, this is a belly, this is a face. It's just you know, different expressions of the same elements. Earth, uh, fire, vitality, warmth, energy, light. You see it around you, you can experience it within you, um, associated with energy moving, and it can be through mental passion, excitement. I've got a great idea, my mind really lit up. 
often the language, the metaphorical language we use, refers to the elements. I feel grounded. That's earth. I feel really stable and steady. That's earth. I'm all fired up. That's fire. Uh, got a brilliant idea. Brilliant. That's light. That's fire. So, because we experience these elemental properties. Um, air, movement. Breathing through. Breathing through life. Life's a breeze. This is positive air. <laughs> Blown away. Could be good, could be bad. <laughs> this is how these metaphors just pop up and they're, they're describing the experience we have, which is of air. Yeah. Uh, and positive or negative. Water uh, can be positive, it means really like oceanic, the shimmering tender heartedness. Cohesive, everything is held in harmony. Could be negative, feel bogged down, you know, unable to all sort of can't get any perspective on things. No clarity, it tends to dissolve. Had a meltdown, you know. <laughs> Another wave washing through, yeah. <laughs> There's a sense of something that has the nature to to um, flood. Now, so these are elemental properties, and ideally, we want to balance them so they come into harmony. You're not too hard. You're not too soft. You're not too fiery. If you're too fiery. Too, too zippy, too zangy, you want to get grounded. Yeah? Got a lot of juice, a lot of zest, then you want to calm and ground and experience water. Just be more gentle and compassionate rather than this. Yeah, yay, gung ho, we do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, withdrawal is fairly, relatively easy. So we can say it gets things into perspective. Again, we take perspective as a visual sense, which means that we that there's less less emotion in it, yeah, because it lessens the feeling aspect, and so that helps because sometimes we just get too charged up, we're too pressed in on things, we're too stimulated negatively or positively, so the vapor is just with it. So you mean that's our we say our fundamental meditation starts. Dispassion comes when you more fully comprehend how things arise and pass. Things are related to change. Therefore, rather than get head up about something, you reckon, oh yeah, this will blow through. Rather than go out and get excited about something, yes, this too will change. So it's it's the increasing taking in of that that experience, experience of anicca and dukkha. Niroda, ceasing, is where we're beginning to get a sense of anatta, not self. I don't have to keep doing. Something doesn't have to keep commenting, adding to. And it's the development of that. It's the relinquishment of the, of the doing. Yeah? Or sagga is the relinquishment of the owner the owning experience. So, you know, one is, the chitta has arrived at a state of feeling complete and happy. I don't own this. It's just a conditioned phenomenon. So that's another way of looking at it.
anatta-sunyata, So there'll be a, another opportunity um, um, to, we'll have another interview session. And if you have any, um, you know, kind of questions you want to write down, there'll, there'll be a, uh, uh, probably have a questions and answers period in the evening, from time to time. <laughs> My name means, or Chitto is Chitta. Yeah. And Su means good, fortunate, happy, well, and it's gradually coming true. <laughs> Took a while. It's gradually coming true. <laughs> okay, let's uh, take a break. <laughs>